thank you and welcome back to the fourth episode of the oligarchy disruptor with your host bennett leon um and today i know well first off like my bad it's been a while <laughs> uh but whatever like uh i was working on some things doing uh i moved away i was living in uh, florida uh, working for disney came back but like fuck that so now I'm back home in Chicago, uh, yay, uh, first off, uh, and um, I'm really happy about that. So now I'm getting back to like myself and like what I was doing before and all that shit. So let's go ahead and start getting into like all the hot topics, like what the fuck has been going on? Like it's crazy. <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> so, um. All right. Do you want to start off with anything? Uh, like, I want to talk about like the election, of course. Uh, like, let's talk about electability. Who the fuck is? Who the fuck do you think is gonna win the presidency in 2020? Well, I can we start first with just who is not going to? Like Bloomberg, he is coming out of nowhere. I feel like I am seeing him on every social media app every five minutes. Um, it's, yeah. I, I, he's coming out of nowhere. Steyer also, Tom Steyer. I feel like he's sort of coming out of nowhere again. Um, but I think Amy Klobuchar on the flip side, she is coming out of nowhere on a positive note. I could not believe how high she, um, how many delegates she got in both Iowa and Actually, New Hampshire. Actually, you're 100% right about Amy Klobuchar, like, um, and I do agree that um, what you said before with like uh, Sire losing and like same thing with Bloomberg eventually, but I do think Bloomberg is like uh, a force to be reckoned with. But that's a note. No, we can talk about that later. Strictly for yeah. money. Um, yeah, Amy, dude, <laughs> Amy, what the fuck came out of nowhere? I feel like no one even knew this person, uh, and uh, she. I- I'm reading. Uh, Klobuchar campaign raises over 2.5 million dollars after strong New Hampshire finish. Yeah, I mean it's insane. Like that's crazy. Like those are big numbers. And I, I remember before, like uh, reading that after the last debate, she raised like over a million dollars after her last performance. Before that, I think. Mm-hmm. So like that's like super impressive for like I feel like someone that most of the country don't know. And then uh, you, when you even like cross reference like the the donors the amount of donors that she has they mostly come from like where she's from like minnesota mm-hmm. so i also think like you were saying um at the beginning she she almost in on the debate stage at least i almost compared her closer to a marianne um i didn't really williamson marianne williamson really? i didn't really no, think no not not as far as like what they stood for what they were you know running on but as far as how far they were going to make it in the race. I did. De- I definitely did not see Amy Klobuchar coming up as being the third front runner in Iowa and in New Hampshire. I just, I did not see that. Yeah, me neither. I didn't see that shit either. I didn't see that either. But, I mean, I also didn't, I mean, I guess I did see in the very beginning, like, I was going to say, like, I don't see fucking uh, Joe Biden being first, but, I mean, he... He was for a long time until very recently, thank God. Uh, but... How do you think about, what do you think about him um, supposedly 
winning South Carolina. They're saying he's pulling uh, high. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They think it's like uh, South Carolina is like his firewall, they call it. Mm-hmm. Um, because he has like, he pulls strong, uh, pretty strongly there with like the, <coughs> the African American uh, community. Um, so. I don't know. I think Bernie is coming up in those kind of polls. I think as soon as people start to see through Joe Biden for like the random uh, shell of a man that he is, um, then I don't know. Uh, I think that a Buttigieg has a has a, a good chance to beat Biden in South Carolina. I think that South. I think the whole him appealing to African-American voters, there are a lot of non-African-American voters in South Carolina also. And one of the biggest issues in South Carolina that appeals to those voters, I think, is climate change. I mean, they're right there on the coast. Half of their state is aligning the ocean. I mean, I think that that's a big thing. And Biden has not been taken a very strong stance on climate change. And Buttigieg is a lot... um, closer to hit, hit Biden, I would say, than other the other Democratic candidates. So I think he has a good chance of winning South Carolina also. Uh, Judge, um, I, I would think that he would stand up for a middle chance, um, although he does not poll that well with um, African-American voters. He does not. Yeah. He does not. And he definitely is going to need that to uh, to win uh, South Carolina, that's for sure. That's why mm-hmm. uh, Biden is banking on that shit. So... Um, yeah, we'll see. That, I mean, I get yeah. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> but the proof is in the pudding, and so far the pudding is showing Bernie fucking Sanders, twenty twenty baby. Hey. Yes, yes, he's definitely projected to win Nevada. So yes. that's the next. You one. see that? I saw in a poll earlier today that he has a nineteen point lead over everybody else so far. Yes. Or the next candidate. Uh, Was that on? Were you on the real, uh, real? politics it was crazy i think i actually sent it in my group chat with my friends i'm going to read it off from that group chat with my friends give me one second and it says new nevada poll uh reported by the hill earlier today uh sanders 35 percent warren 16 Buttigieg mm-hmm. 15, <laughs> biden 14 steyer 10 and klobuchar 9 yeah, and you know, though, I Nevada. remember looking at a, a similar type poll before the Iowa caucus, and of course it had um, Sanders up there at the top, but it, it it had Warren a lot closer to the top, and Amy Klobuchar was not close to the top at all. So I think that these polls maybe are a little bit m- more accurate because there's already been two other state primaries, but I mean, I don't know. Um it's it's still so early to tell if these are even really going to be close to the out- outcome. What do you mean by that? Like what you were saying, you know, the um, Klobuchar 9. I mean, that's to me, that still seems kind of low. I would see her as being higher. Um, and I remember seeing back before the Iowa caucus, she was also really far down there. And then she ended up doing really well in Iowa and in New Hampshire. So, and Warren, I don't know. I think that maybe she's falling off. And she, I know she's at, she's closer to, she actually is in the top three in, in that, that poll that you said, but I don't think that she's real. I think she's falling off. 
Um, she definitely is, dude. She definitely is. And you know how else falling off? Warren. Warren sucks, dude. She sucks. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. She, I think Warren is falling off. I don't think Klobuchar is. I think Warren is definitely falling off. Oh, my bad. I thought, okay, yeah. I thought you were saying that about Klobuchar. Yes. Uh, no, yeah, definitely Warren is for sure. Uh, and it's really interesting. It's been really, really fun uh, for me, especially as like, a... <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Oh, shut fun. up, Bennett. It. it was. It's been fun for me. It's gonna. Uh, it's fun to see uh, her slip back in the polls, um, and it seems like it all happened after um, she oh backstabbed gosh. Bernie. I know uh, that you're gonna say day. this. Yep. Yep. Oi, oi, oi. So, I mean, we all see through it. Everyone sees through it. Like, no one would ever believe. Uh, well, that's one an idiotic statement that you, supposedly she accused him of making. It. And if you guys don't know uh, this already, uh, Warren, Elizabeth Warren accused Bernie Sanders of saying uh, that she does not, be- uh, that he does not believe that. Uh, a woman could be president and uh, of course uh, if you pay attention at all and if we know Bernie Sanders and if we have followed uh, if we look at him and his actions and how he votes and all that shit like throughout his whole life which is extremely consistent he is consistently on the right side okay 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 well I think that there is I mean one there's so many one comment cannot just completely ruin her 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 political standing in this race. I do not think that that was I, like the tipping point for her. But I think that's I, where I, it happened. I think it's. I think that was like a triggering point. I mean, maybe it seemed like I, that. It seemed like that. I think also though there are a lot of other people in the Democratic Party that uh, Warren voters are kind of now starting to lean over into other sides, you know, like I think she's getting, um, Klobuchar is maybe getting some of those voters, but I think Sanders is getting a lot of those voters. And when it comes down to it, especially when you have a situation like the Iowa caucus, where when so many people are kicked out of one bubble, they have to go to the next bubble. And when you see a huge group of Sanders people, and maybe, I mean, yes, there was a huge group of Warren people there, but if you're debating between which group, you're going to go to the Sanders group. If they're already a larger amount of people, you just got kicked out of a bubble that you were standing in because you didn't have enough people. I mean, I don't know. I think that Sanders has a lot of the same ideas as Warren and Sanders is a lot more uh, transparent in how he's going to implement his his ideas and um, voters appreciate that transparency, especially millennials appreciate that transparency. I mean, everybody should like transparency. Transparency is like a really admirable thing and something I feel like we should expect of like presidential candidates, like people that we are trying to represent us and it's not like they're doing us like a favor. I mean, I mean they're doing it out of their own free will. I mean, no one's like putting a gun to their head like run for president, you know what I'm saying? Like no one told that to fucking Trump. Even though, like, I actually believe that he did it as, like, a marketing stunt. Or a publicity stunt. Not a marketing stunt. Publicity stunt. Same thing, whatever. I heard something today, and when you just brought up Trump, it made me think of this. They say somebody was comparing um, Bloomberg, you know, coming out of nowhere with all this money um, and... 
sort of being a, a, a headliner. I mean, he's talked about all the time now in the news, like Bloomberg. He has his own um, camp station on, on um, certain apps on t- uh, television. So, and Trump kind of was the same way. He kind of, you know, was just this famous person that came out of nowhere and didn't really want to win the presidency, didn't really have any um, desire and ended up winning. And I thought that that was funny how they compared Bloomberg to Trump. I just thought that it was kind of interesting. And I don't know, I could see it. The resemblance. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, I guess. Although I think it's funny when they attack each other. Like apparently Mike Bloomberg said that um, uh, Trump isn't well liked in like the like the Manhattan like elite or some shit like like their little club or whatever he's like no one even likes your ass <laughs> well i mean i'm that's, not doubting that that's so funny. <laughs> um something else um that i wanted to talk about uh or that i wanted to make sure that we uh that we that we cover is like our own personal stances so um uh first off i like to let you all know that i have a bet going on uh, with my roommate <laughs> slash best friend uh, and this was a bet that has been months long right so like this is not like a bet that was made right now obviously and you'll see why in a second so the bet is uh, I have a $5,000 bet on the primaries to see uh, who like if our chosen candidate will win the primary um, and we have another $5,000 bet on top of that if our chosen candidate reaches the White House. Now, this is the kicker. Um, my friend <laughs> has chose uh, Andrew Yang as his candidate, and I chose Bernie Sanders. Um, and I did that for a multitude of reasons, and he did that uh, for... Uh, uh, his own reasons too, but I mean that's the, <laughs> the bet, and um, he's clearly going to lose. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Andrew Yang did drop out, so uh, we'll see. We will. And see. did you see his concession speech? Uh, yeah, it was very nice. Very nice. It was. He looks very defeated, that poor boy. But also, I mean, he basically said, you know, I'm a numbers guy, and the numbers are not looking in my favor. So I don't think they're looking in your roommate's favor either. No, uh, I don't think so. But he did uh, say that he wanted to, he was going to announce something soon. I hope he, um, what I, I think he's going to do is um, like open up some type of like organization that supports like his policy ideas and stuff like that. Uh, something like um, along the lines of like our revolution. I'm not sure if you were aware of that. Um, what that is, it's an organization uh, that was started by Bernie Sanders in 2016. Uh, to like continue like his movement or whatever hmm. uh, through like no. another through another organization that but he doesn't lead it himself uh, he just started it and um, uh, Barack Obama had something similar with um, move on but that was like a corporate pattern. oh yes okay yeah yeah so um, yeah I think Andrew Yang is going to do something along those lines but I mean we shall see right um, Michael Bennett also dropped out. Uh, I mean, did you even know yeah. that, uh, much about that guy anyways? <laughs> Honestly, no, not Me really. I mean, like, who gives a fuck? I, I mean, like, I mean, he should be, like, noted, I guess. Like, 
but I mean, overall, I feel like no one really like gave him much airtime because like no one really cared. Like this guy was like middle of the road. Like everything he's saying is like common sense. Like no shit, guy. Come on, bro. Yeah, I don't. I have no idea really who that anything about this this Michael Bennett character. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess that's why uh, he is no longer in the race. But uh, so long. Uh, going back a little bit to Andrew Yang. So long to Andrew Yang. Uh, tip of the hat because that is actually who I personally supported for the presidency. I oh, support I... his policies. I think they are actually better than Bernie Sanders. Um, but. Uh, I mean, he's no longer in the race. So, uh, Bernie Sanders it is. Yes, Bernie Sanders. That's definitely the right choice, Bennett. I mean, for sure. Um, That's why you have $5,000 bet on him. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I wasn't too concerned about my own personal vote. I was going to vote for Andrew Yang just because, like... um, I would think that all the other Democratic voters around me in Illinois, just in case you don't know where I am, Illinois would make up for my uh, one vote. But, I mean, that's kind of selfish of me, but whatever. <laughs> hey, you have to do what you what you feel, Bennett, so. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's right. So, I, I mean, I choose. I do what I want, but, I mean, it is what it is. So... Um, anything else you wanted to talk about election-wise? Oh, you did some, like, uh, research into, like, Supreme Court, right? So tell me about that. You, that sounds super interesting when you were texting me about that. Yes. Okay. So it's not, it actually really is not election-related per se. Um, the big buzz about this is a lot of people are thinking that it's going to end up kind of deciding if the Electoral College itself is constitutional, if it should be, um, you know, abolished, whatever. No, that is not really what this case is about. But it's, it is really interesting. And if this case is ruled in the favor of um, the, not the, the state of Colorado, then um, it could potentially kind of snowball into maybe the potential case of the Electoral College not being constitutional, which I am completely in favor of. I think that it is totally unconstitutional. I hate the Electoral College. Um, So basically what happened was in Colorado in the 2016 election, there was an elector and I guess maybe, um, I don't know how familiar everybody listening is to, uh, with the Electoral College? Should I, like, give background on um, that? Um, like, an overall... I actually... No, I feel like our... I feel like our audience will be well informed. Okay, so, basically, um, after the pop... After the general election, your state electors have their own election, and they are fill out these ballots. It's a public thing, and they um, vote for... They're supposed to normally vote for the person who their state... Um, voted for it. The majority of those people voted for it. Well, one of the electors in Colorado decided that he did not want to vote for Hillary Clinton. And he actually had a really interesting um, reason for doing that. I guess a couple uh, days before this uh, this, ele- this election with the electors, he called around to other states, primarily to talk to Republican electors, to try to get them to vote for somebody besides Trump. Because 
on election night, we kind of see the um, what what the projected outcome is. And if you win so many so many states, you know so many electors are in that state, so you're probably going to end up winning all of those electors. Well, he was hoping that if enough people did not vote for Trump, they voted for somebody else on the ballot, then uh, part of the the 12th Amendment of the Constitution is that if a presidential candidate does not get the 270 elector votes that it needs, Congress actually would elect the president. And this this uh, Colorado elector, Michael Baca, was his, is his name. He believed that Congress would actually elect Bernie Sanders instead of Trump. So he thought the best way for us to ha- for his state to actually have the the president that they truly wanted, which was just a president other than Trump, they wouldn't have gotten it with him. Uh, voting for Hillary because Hillary wasn't going to win anyways. But if enough people did not vote for Trump, he was hoping for a different outcome. So I think that that's really interesting just why he did that. Um, but basically, he the Colorado law states that an elector can be removed. It's it's a they have to by law a vote for the majority of the pot the, the state voted for and since he didn't do that um he basically sued and because they took him off and so he sued the colorado uh state of court of appeals actually told the 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 state of colorado that he was correct He, he he wasn't in the wrong by voting the way he wanted to vote and the state of colorado actually appeal to the United States Supreme Court because they were like, no, we do not want to give this guy relief. He violated our law. Damn. Yeah, so it's super interesting. It is. That's crazy. Basically, it's just going to decide whether electors have to vote with their majority popular vote of their state. That's fucking wild. I remember seeing that uh, that YouTube video you, you mentioned. What was it called again? So people can look it up at home. Um, it was shoot, mayhem. Oh, I think let I me can. see if I can. Mayhem follows Colorado elector not voting along party lines. His subsequent removal. And yeah, that's on YouTube, guys. Mm-hmm. And then what is it show again? It, sh- it actually shows that public process of the electors going in and writing, signing their ballot with who they're voting for. And you can actually see one of the electors holding it up proudly voting for Hillary Clinton. Oh, um, They were yelling, right? Yeah. Well, at the end, when he, um, one of the first things that he said was something like um, the... I think it's the secretary. Oh, I should know this. I think it's the secretary that announces this. But he says, so now I will count the ballots. And you can see him like formally counting them. And then he says, we have received eight votes for Hillary Clinton for president and one ballot which cannot be received. And then that's when everybody kind of starts like booing and like saying like, why? What's going, you know, who? And then, you know, and then he says, so we will ask the electors to nominate a replacement who will vote for the candidate with the majority. Um, 
and it's just and then that's kind of when everybody starts you know like this ruckus like who what happened like why you know why are you doing this like and then you know this is somebody they were I can't remember exactly what they were yelling um oh the whole world's watching they said because it was I mean public it was on I think there were news channels there I'm sure ah that's crazy yeah that's so wild it's really interesting i mean uh, we'll see we'll see but i don't know i feel like this whole shit's rigged i feel like to be honest all right let's get into this fuck it fuck it i was gonna go into this fuck it all right so like this is what i think about the whole government okay i think everything works like as a machine like together so like uh you might have heard of this as like uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower like uh, started ringing the bells uh, uh, way back when, and um, he started mentioning something in his uh, farewell speech as president, um, and he warned us about the military-industrial complex and the growing uh, power and influence over government and policy and all that stuff. So, uh, as he warned us, uh, and it, it, like back then in the 60s and 70s and stuff, um, it continues today. Uh, and we see that in the form of constant war on the part of the United States. Um, and it's interesting if you look and see and study who we uh, choose to uh, go to war with. Um, they are not necessarily like big wealthy nations or anything like that. They are countries that we exploit or we institute regime change policy, um, a war hawk, uh, if you will, type of stance. Uh, and uh, topple regimes. We see that in the case of uh, Saddam Hussein. Um, under George W. Bush, we see that um, in Libya, under President Barack Obama, and um, we see that uh, when the CIA also goes and um, starts to intervene in the elections, and even in the case of um, Chilean President um, Salvador Allende, he was actually like killed by um, a government that was uh, I mean a military coup that was backed up by the, the American CIA so it, it, it's very interesting uh, to, to like actually look back at it all but my overall point is that everything works together like it's not a military industrial complex it's like a military financial like uh, media uh, like military like everything combined like it, like every like global institution you could imagine like is working together and it seems that they are keeping the status quo alive through the power that they have and have wielded and it seems that people are starting to wake up to it now especially with like populist uh presidents popping up all over the nations people are either extremely right or extremely left because people are mm-hmm. dissatisfied people are pissed i feel like with how everything has been 
and how everything is going like we're almost like uh we're getting like uh on the way to 30 uh 30 trillion dollars in debt like that's crazy everybody at this point believes some sort of complex is going on <laughs> but yeah dude like uh just to actually like be aware of it all and like uh to some it might sound crazy to some it might like sound like a conspiracy theorist like i hate america and i I can already hear people say like go back to where you came from or whatever Um, but if you think about it everybody is in one of these conspiracy theory type mind frames nowadays like you were just said people are so extreme right or so extreme left it's like you have people who want to save the entire world and then you have people who um, don't care about anybody except for me myself and I and it, it there has to be some sort of middle ground and for anybody to to suggest something other than their belief it's almost intolerable you would think so you would think so and like that uh like that argument it it, i mean it overall like it sounds like it sounds just like it sounds fine but like if you look in the case of the united states at least uh at least in the case of the united states uh in our own politics at least at the presidential level um you'll see that candidates that have um, at least on the Democratic side, they have taken like a more moderate stance. And even in, you can argue on the, on the part of the Republicans, if they are too moderate or too uh, liberal in their case, like they tend to lose. Um, the same thing mm-hmm. happens on the, on the Democratic side. Like, um, uh, for example, uh, Mitt Romney, uh, back when he ran against Obama, because he was like, basically another Obama, honestly. Um, <laughs> if, if we're being uh, dead honest about that. Like, one or the other, like, we would have gotten around the same policies. Like, even like, you would you would argue we oh. didn't get healthcare, uh, but Mitt Romney actually instituted uh, Romney Care um, in his own home state uh, before Obamacare existed. It was, I think it was actually based off of Romney Care. Um, yes. So that's actually really funny uh, to bring that up. Uh, but yeah, the point is that it exists on both sides. Um, but uh, yeah, um, and, but most recently we see that in the case of 2016 with uh, Hillary Clinton, who took the more moderate stance uh, against her opponent in the primary or her main opponent in the primaries, um, Bernie Sanders. Um and even though there were some, uh, we can call them shady factors, um, in the case of like the DNC intervening on oh, with their own candidates, no surprise. Yeah. Um, but whatever. Um, yeah, he ended up losing. And uh, what happened when uh, they put up the moderate candidate against um, the ultra right uh, Trump? <coughs> he, he fucking crushed her. He crushed her because she had a lot of baggage. He crushed her because she was weak. She crushed her because she was fake. She was a I fake was candidate. just going to say, she wasn't the person that she led on to be, though, in the long run. Everyone knew that. And the machine put her against us. I put her in the forefront. Uh, they, they intervened and they wanted a candidate that would keep them safe. And they thought that she could fucking kill them uh, in, in the election. 
And guess what? She she got crushed. She got crushed. And doesn't it kind of worry you this time that they're sort of trying to do the same thing with Biden or Buttigieg, you know, trying to put out that, you know, pretty face. They, um, you know, have semi they have liberal but conservative policies, things that, you know, they they kind of push the status quo, but there's still enough with the status quo that they'll get that suburban vote. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that that's totally what they're trying to do again this year. I think I think so. And um, I've been reading reports about like um, even like uh, people considering how Obama might uh, intervene to stop Bernie Sanders. Uh, and it, just so you know, like even for like the liberal people that are listening, like Obama did do great things. He was a great president in some ways. He did get us closer to where we want to be as a nation, but he was also kind of a shady bastard <laughs> at some points. I'm not going to lie. Like he, His actions on Keystone Pipeline, he acted, he didn't act until he was pushed up. Um, until he was like, pu- like really heavily pushed uh, and like with a lot of pressure on like the media or whatever. And uh, he let's also, also not forget he that he built the banks. He built the fucking banks. That's the biggest thing, dude. Is that what you're gonna say? And, uh, yeah. Well, that was definitely a big thing, also. But he all, all this this talk about immigration and everything. Obama built a lot of those facilities at the border. He did, and he also didn't close Guantanamo Bay. He was known as the deporter in chief. He actually deported uh, eight million, um, eight million people from the United States. Um, and that now is the Dreamers, insane. the Dreamers Act, I will definitely give him a lot of credit for. Yeah, but like uh, that's a slap but, in the face. Well, mm-hmm. that's like shaking your hand while like someone like stabs you in the back too. Like, yeah, you know, exactly. That's like literally what it is. Like that's what I feel like, especially as like a Latino myself. Like that's how I interpret it. Like. You give me something, you give me a little something, and that only applies to, like, a really small segment of our population, and then you deport 8 million of us? Like, are you mm-hmm. fucking crazy? Are you fucking crazy? And you get all of our votes? We gave yeah. you all of our votes? Fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. But, I mean, you... you well, and I think times. it's really... I think it's really important, too, to, like... And maybe this is just something that is worth even a whole episode on is just immigration. You know, people, I think, have a totally uh, perverse idea of immigration policy and about how, um, why people get deported and, and the such minuscule things, you know, it's not like, you know, they're getting rid of 8 million criminals by deporting all these people. That is definitely not the case in a lot of these cases. Mm -hmm. I mean, when it comes to immigration, the the topic is um, it's talked about in different perspectives on uh, from different sides of like the, the political spectrum, if you know what I mean. So, like for example, like the Democrats talk about immigration in the way that like let's have uh, like let's oh, let's make uh, a path for citizenship. Like uh, let's break, take those people out of the shadows so that they can start producing. Um, and paying uh, taxes, and I mean they're already paying taxes. Paying taxes, yeah. Um, but they will 
they can't actually get anything out of the system right now. But if they do, they will contribute more to our economic, uh, to our economic prosperity as a nation. Can you imagine like what that would do for us uh, to to bring in a, uh, how many undocumented people are there in the United States? Well, at least on the Mex on the Mexican side, I believe it's eleven million or twelve million. So like that's oh, yeah. that's a good amount of people considering the United States only has like three hundred and fifty million people. But I mean. I don't know. I think. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say. I mean, I think that the, the Democratic Party in general is taking a, a fairly. Um, well, actually, now that I think about it, they haven't even really been talking about immigration as much. I think that healthcare is kind of <laughs> the forefront of the talk now. But I think that the whole um, abolish ICE thing was really uh, an extreme idea from the Democratic Party and I think that turned off a lot of people um, for voting uh, left if they were um, in the middle last election. I think that scares a lot of people. I mean um, it could I don't see I really don't see that um, too much. But really? you also brought up an interesting topic uh, that I want to talk about as well. Um, and, and that is like the, the topic that is on the forefront of everybody's mind, uh, which is healthcare. Um, and when it comes to healthcare, um, actually, most voters uh, believe uh, that Bernie Sanders has uh, like the most credibility when it comes to healthcare. Uh, and as we know, his uh, is to implement a Medicare for all, universal health care for everybody, um, regardless of income or anything, no strings attached, no uh, deductibles. Uh, and I mean, yeah, that's his own plan. Uh, Elizabeth Warren has also uh, jumped on the bandwagon. Uh, and multiple other candidates. Uh, oh, don't make it sound like that. Obamacare. She's been with Medicare for all, for a while now, Bennett. I mean, since the beginning. Uh, yeah, but I mean, uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, she. Don't get me wrong. Okay, don't get me wrong. I feel like you would think like I'm against it, but I am not. I just, I mean, I kind of am now, but I feel like it's a good reason, especially because like she was like a warrior back in the day. Like, I would see her, like, in the courtrooms, like, battling these fucking, like, roasting these corporate giants, like, Jamie Diamond, like, giving them hard-ass questions, like, actually roasting them. Like, I love to see her that way. And, like, it's so crazy to see her behave, like, the way she's behaving now as a presidential candidate. Because I don't know. I don't, actually don't believe it's her. I believe more that it's her, like, advisors and people that she's listening to. But she's making the wrong the wrong choices, and it, it's actually it's it's sad to see the downfall of Elizabeth Warren. Um, but I mean, if it has I to agree come to this, fuck it. She seems to be a lot less genuine. I, I definitely would have to agree with that than from the be- beginning of this, the, the Democratic race. Uh, yeah. Do you still like uh, have her up there on your personal? Um, like uh yes like she's 
for dinner. Yes. <laughs> oh, where is she for you? She's definitely in my top three still. No. Even with yeah. me talking all this shit? Wow. Doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, you know, because it has to do with her policies, and I just, I really appreciate her policies. They are very close with um, okay. Bernie Sanders. I know that it's also, you know, decent decently close with Yang, but I can't I will not hop on a bus that I do not think is going to win. Of course. I mean you literally he literally can't win. I mean he's not running anymore. Uh but so, yes. um yeah I definitely I mean Bernie Sanders is obviously my number one. I think honestly that uh Elizabeth Warren is still my number two. Um I don't I I Buddha Judge I wanna say is close up there but I don't I, I really want to look more into Amy Klobuchar, but I feel like Buttigieg I also would consider voting for um, over Warren, maybe. I, I don't know. I For me, Bernie Sanders is is, is a guaranteed win. I, I'm not really thinking of any backups. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think so either. I don't think anyone else is going to be uh, a better chance than uh, him. Um, and, I really agree. Yeah, like... Uh, uh, if any, if no one sees it by now, like, um, and how and about electability? I, Why do people think that Bernie Sanders cannot be Trump? That is totally not the case. I firmly do believe that he can beat Donald Trump. I firmly so believe too, it. But I think it's going to take uh, an immense amount of voters, like uh, voter turnout, because as we have seen in New Hampshire, I don't know if you saw, but uh, they when they voted right uh, most recently. Uh, in their own primary, Donald Trump crushed it. He got like 114,000 votes, o- over it, like 114,000 votes. And in New Hampshire, that really small state, that is a yeah. ton of people, let me tell you. That definitely is, yeah. wow. And then, not, not to mention the amount of money that he has in his war chest, well, his own personal campaign's war chest. Uh, he himself is a billionaire. Um, and the fucking RNC that's behind him that will flush his campaign with cash. Uh, and not to mention his donors that will continue to donate to him. Uh, the corporate, uh, like Wall Street is on his side. Everybody's on their side. But Wall Street is also on the side of the Democrats. So don't get it twisted either. But the point is that it is going to be a fucking crazy ass challenge to beat Donald Trump in 2020 and my personal, my money is on Bernie Sanders to get that done and I base that on the fact that his supporters are like pretty set on him um, and he's one of the few candidates that can say that, like his candidates uh, his supporters will not vote for other people um I was going to say exactly. He has a he has a strong base just as President Trump has a strong base of people. Um, there are people who are Bernie voters from 2016, people who were, you know, wanting Bernie to run for president before 2016. So, yeah, I mean, these there are definitely strong strong um, he has a strong base of voters. Definitely does. And what's uh even more important, I mean, what's equal as important as that is that those same supporters um, break are breaking records. Uh, Bernie Sanders' campaign in 2021 uh, has the most uh, amount of donors, individual con- uh, contributions to a campaign 
uh, in, in modern American history uh, to the tune of five million uh, individual contributions. Um, his campaign also broke the amount of uh, volunteers for that campaign, which uh, was over one million uh, volunteers. And um, if you just see and realize like that, because the average contribution to his campaign is $18, his donors can donate over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And I personally know many people that have like their like AgBlue accounts on repeat every month, like for the same amount or like whatever. But the point is that Bernie Sanders has the amount of support and uh, financial resources to be able to take on uh, Donald Trump. And I think the, the, fee, the field is going to start wield, uh, weeding, out, uh, weeding itself out very soon. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see itself play out and see who lasts the longest. Um, but, I mean, if uh, fucking billionaires want to burn their cash like that, fuck it. <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But, I, did you hear about that? Like Bloomberg, like so, uh, yes. single-handedly, like raised like the the YouTube ad rate or something, or like some some like uh, ad. He was raising the prices single-handedly by the amount of uh, ad space he was consuming or buying up. And I know everybody is like seeing. Like I personally have seen more Bloomberg ads than in this like one month or in the last like couple uh, couple weeks that I've started seeing them than I've seen any other presidential candidate uh, on TV or social media the, ever. Over the entire campaign period. I know exactly. It's the only insane. time this is uh, actually reminiscent and for anybody that's from like Illinois, you might uh, be thinking about this or this might like click with you. But uh, this reminds me a lot of when J.D. Pritzker ran for uh, governor here. Governor. And if you guys lived in Illinois when he was <laughs> um, running for governor, damn, uh, your social media, your TV was flooded. Like, And in the case of J.D. Pritzker as well, he self-funded uh, and he put his own money in there and flooded our... Uh, our media outlets um, and our social media uh, with his ads and he ended up destroying the other candidates um, so um, but it's kind of different in the, in the case of the presidency when it comes to Bloomberg I think uh, because his argument is basically that he can beat Trump and I don't think that he can I think that his followers are shallow not necessarily like shallow like I think that, like, their vote is, like, swayable is what I mean. Yes, uh, I would agree. Like, they will go with whoever they think will win. And as soon as he starts to to crack and show that he's not that, uh, he won't stand the the test of the tide, um, then people will start to consolidate behind Bernie Sanders is what I foresee. But uh, I guess this is just the... Baseness. Wait and see. Yeah, yeah. We'll just have to wait and see. It's all kind of a waiting game still. It's very early on. It's hard to tell. It is. It very much is. But, uh, I mean, it's going to be a very interesting ride to see uh, who comes out on top and uh, 
what uh, what happens in the next week or so, uh, the next time we have our show, uh, so we can uh, tell our uh, lovely audience about everything that's been going on and interpret it in our own ways, of course. Um, but uh, I mean, this bit this has been a really fucking crazy like last couple like weeks. I mean, right? Definitely. Oh my gosh. Like, it seems so much like shit has been happening. And did you see, like, I'm just reading this right now. Uh, Jeff Bezos committed $10 billion to fight climate change. Oh, did he? Yeah, crazy, right? <laughs> you know, I, I, I'll, I'll see it when I believe it is kind of how I'm at, at with, with that whole thing. I have no idea, but that is uh, crazy. He said, and I quote, Climate change is the biggest threat to our planet. Um, I want to work alongside others both to amplify known ways and to explore new ways of fighting the devastating impact of climate change. Uh, and on Instagram, he announced uh, he announced that. Uh, the, he also said that this global initiative will fund scientists, activists, NGOs, and any effort that basically offers any real possibility to help preserve and protect the natural world i want to see where this money really goes when when this happens i mean that sounds like really really amazing i mean i think he means it i think he's going to try to get it to the right hands and i mean like if i mean on the personal side like i you might not like uh jeff bezos for like for being a billionaire for being uh the most the richest person in the world etc etc but on the business side, uh, and I can definitely test with that, he is, I mean, it's, it's absolutely incredible to, to look up to him as like, a, uh, like a leader and um, someone that pulled off the, literally the impossible. Um, but uh, yeah, I think he is an innovator and I think he's gonna do things that will change humanity in a good way. Just like I think, like Elon Musk does the same thing with his own companies. He is a genius. Yeah, I, I mean, believe Elon Musk. I feel like does it better, and like in the case of like humanity, does it more for humanity. And Jeff Bezos, I feel like also does it for that, but not as not to that um, not to that tune. I feel like Amazon is still more of his focus. Um, but I mean, like I can still appreciate that, like he promised to like. Uh, make I transform like Amazon's fleet to like zero like carbon emission or some shit like that so like that's like admirable and stuff you know what I mean but I mean they're also destroying like over 30% of America's like malls and stuff and uh, so it's like it's double-edged sword but we'll see I don't know <laughs> that story's you, to be continued you know I just saw on my news that Virginia is the state of Virginia is actually thinking of dropping the electoral college type system for the 2020 election. They are saying that they're going to award their 13 delegates to the candidate who gets the most votes nationwide, no matter how the actual state of Virginia votes. That is really interesting. That is interesting. I wonder what they're... I mean, think about it. If if, I mean, if if enough states jump on board to that, that's that would literally be states 
deciding to abolish the electoral college themselves, which is completely constitutional because that leave it leaves it up to the states. I mean, I know there's already like that initiative to like um, base it more off of like the the whatever like the population popular votes. vote. Yeah. So like. Uh, as long as they can do that, then I mean, like, that's a smarter way to do it, I would think, because, like, a constitutional amendment would take uh, much more effort to be able to pull that off, because, I mean, uh, you need to, like, you get two-thirds of, uh, like, the states to agree to it. You also need Congress, the president. You need, like, a yeah. lot of, there's a lot of shit you need to get to that, to that point. Exactly, but if if they just decide to do this, and if other states decide to do this, then you have a, a lot of states that are deciding to kind of abolish it themselves. Yeah, that would be really cool. That would be really cool. <laughs> I hope they end up doing it, but I mean, our state has acted in the right way as well, uh, instituting um, automatic voter registration, which was ironically signed by our last governor, Bruce Rauner, a Republican governor. Um, they're also going to make Cook County Jail the uh, first time ever polling pra- place at a correctional facility. Oh, are they? That's really cool. Yes. Cook County is going to be a polling place as of for the 2020 election. Oh, that's really cool. I had no idea. That's awesome, though. Well, I think this is a great place to wrap it up. Um, <laughs> So, uh, once again, Ash, thank you so much for coming on. Um, of course, yeah. And, uh, Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. I, it was a great time. And uh, we look forward to speaking again next week. Uh, let's see all the shit that goes down. And as always, we will keep our audience as informed as ever on the most uh, hottest topics of the day. So uh, with that, I bid you guys adieu. Thanks for tuning in and have a great rest of your day or night.